You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Are y'all ready this morning? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, I, I, this this is a big morning for me. Um, because this is this is a word. This is one of those intersecting words that I thought I was just reflecting on and I just can't I can't get away from it. But the word is fellowship. I can't escape this word. This word has been on my mind for months. It's something I constantly think about, constantly uh, talk to the Lord about. And so we're that's what we're talking about this morning. Um, I don't have a lot of notes uh, because the Lord just has some things to say and that's just what he's going to say. And we're just going to see what happens. So if you'll turn with me to Acts 2. We'll be in uh, verse 36. That's where we'll start. This is, this is the birth of the church. Peter and, and, uh, and the other disciples are in the upper room. And, and what, the Lord, what Jesus said would happen, happens. Exactly what he said would happen, happens. He goes to be with the Father on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes rushing into the upper room and they receive the Holy Spirit. And then the first thing that Peter does is he begins to preach. And with one sermon, church, we have thousands of people that turn and repent and believe on Jesus. We had 12 one day, or a little bit more than 12, but we we had a handful one day and now we have thousands. The church is born with one message, one powerful message, one sermon. And there's profound things that take place because what's important for us to recognize and what I want us to see this morning is that there was no Jesus, no church. And then all of a sudden there are believers in Jesus and there's thousands of them. And what did these people, the first church, what were the first things that they did? What was the priority? What were the things that they immediately dedicated themselves to? That's what we're going to look at this morning because it's important. Verse 36, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you. And for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3000 souls. Verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to breaking of bread and the prayers. Church, everything that we desire to see in our community is held within our pursuit of Jesus. And then our pursuit of him together. Not just your pursuit individually, that's where it starts, but then our pursuit of Jesus as one body, as one people, as one group, us being together and then fruit comes. This word fellowship uh, translated, I, I can't pronounce this word. I listened to the pronunciations. I, I couldn't get it, all right? I just couldn't do it. But the definition of the true word, when it says the fellowship right here, the true word in the Hebrew, what it means is an intimate sharing of oneself with another, of being devoted to 
the person next to you and them being devoted to you. Is that you hear what I'm saying? Being devoted to one another. And church, we don't devote ourselves to these things anymore. We live in a world that does not devote itself to fellowship, that does not devote itself to pursuing the Lord. And therefore, in the church today, we don't fellowship because it is no longer a priority in our society. Fellowship is not a priority within the church any longer. The first actions that the church took was study, pursuit of the Father, and then fellowship with one another. First, they have fellowship with the Spirit of God and then each other. Our fellowship together, church, is overflow of fellowship with the Father. But if I don't have fellowship with the Father, I will not have fellowship with you, period. If I have division with the Father, I'll have division with you. Everything, good and bad, comes from what you allow into your relationship with Jesus, what you bring into these places. If you bring in jealousy, guess what people are going to see in you? If you bring in envy, if you bring in measuring, if you bring in unforgiveness, guess what people are going to attribute to you? But if you truly pursue a relationship with Jesus, you desire fellowship with Jesus, guess what you will also see? Fellowship with your brothers and sisters. If you don't have fellowship with them, what's your fellowship look like with Jesus? Ephesians 4, 17 Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you most no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Church, what belongs to the old self? What belongs to the old self? Alienated from God, ignorance, hardness of heart, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, callous. Those are things that are attributed to an old self. And how many of us have continually began, uh, have lived our days picking up those old things? Becoming bitter. Anger, holding on to unforgiveness, holding on to, to the pursuit. I, I used to struggle with this so bad, this pursuit of the dollar, right? It's an easy trap for a man to fall into, right? Because you want to provide for your family. But then you start providing for your family and that, that money starts going up and you're like, well, I can provide more. But no, what, what do we end up doing? We talked about this last week. We end up totally sacrificing time with our family to pursue the dollar, right? This is an old self-practice. But what is within the new self? When you put on the new self, what is found and what happens is that you become a member of me and I become a member of you. When I put on that, that is only found in the new self. When I put on who the Lord has created me to be, I become a part of you and you become a part of me. Because we are the body of Christ. You heard that one before. 
We are the body of Christ connected to one another. We are members one of another. I have said this and quoted that, uh, that verse 25, that last part of it, for we are members one of another. Because that, that, is, that is profound to me. Again, you know my background. You know uh, that I studied the human body in, in, uh, in college. And so I am blown away at, at the analogy that the Lord uses so, so beautifully for us to understand how connected we are. Because this little finger has no purpose, has no function if it is not connected to the rest of the body. And I mean the rest of the body. So many people would think, well, if it's connected to the hand, then it has function. Not true. Not true, because where this movement originates is not in that hand, right? It goes through all this beautiful and and amazing inner workings and the system that the Lord created to allow this one finger to just do this. And this is us. We are connected. We are meant to be connected and that intertwined with one another. We are meant to be that intricately a part of one another. But we miss this. When you step into the salvation of Jesus, church, you step into this reality that I am made for you and that you are made for me, and we can't do it without one another. This is something that I I really want us to grasp. It's not that you're not meant to live this life without fellowship, because you are meant to live this life with fellowship. You are not meant to live this life without fellowship. You're not made for it. You're not made for isolation. Not a one of you. But the, we need to take this a step farther. You can't do this life in isolation. You can't be a follower of Jesus in isolation. You can't, you can't be a, a, a leader. You can't be a co-heir with Christ without the fellowship of the body. Because who you are meant to be is found within that fellowship. And if you are absent that fellowship, you will never arrive at who the Lord has created you to be because it's meant to be found with me. And mine is meant to be found with you. We are members one of another. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For just as one body, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make it no less a part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The success of the body is tied to the unity of its members. Do you hear what I'm saying? The success of this house This is the body of Christ in Sundown, Texas. The the success of this house in establishing what the Lord has called us to establish is dependent on the unity found in this room with the Spirit and with one another. And if you are not united with someone in this room, you are not united with the Spirit of God. 
plain and simple. Let's not dance around it. Amen? Let's get to it. Because this stuff needs to end and we need to step into what the Lord has called us into. The success of the body is tied to the unity of its members. But unfortunately, church, it's the members of the body try more to get away from each other rather than be connected to one another. And this is what the enemy wants. And what is the excuse that we use? We play right into this church. We allow him to take our time from us. And what is the excuse that we use? For not, for not coming to church, coming to, because, okay, let's just start right there. This is not the place where the body is only meant to be found, right? This is just a day that we get to gather together in unity and step into what the Lord is calling us into. If you're here, that's great. I love that you're here. But if you don't stay connected to everyone in here when you leave, don't come. There's no point. You're just listening to words, right? We've got to take action. We've got to step into the things that the Lord is calling us into. The enemy wants us separated. And again, what is the excuse that we use? We use this excuse that we are too busy and we just don't have the time. Church, I, you know this. I never bring you a word that has not first slapped me in the face. Okay? The Lord doesn't deal gently with me. I'm hard-headed. So he brings this stuff to me, normally like a freight train crashing into me, and I recognize that I was beginning to use this excuse. And then the Lord said, if you're too busy to do what I've commanded you to do, you're too busy. You have given your time to that which benefits my kingdom not. We prayed about this at See You at the Pole. Um, Real... Phenomenal morning. Okay, wonderful morning. Those of you that signed up to bring stuff and showed up to cook, thank you. There were so many of you that wanted to give to this, but the list was full before it got to you. Praise God. I love that problem. I love it. Um, we'll have more opportunities for you, but we, we had 88 kids in that room. 88 kids. We didn't have a single scrap of food left for anybody. And they weren't just in there. They didn't come and go. They sat and they fellowshiped and they were in the presence of the Lord in this house. It was profound. It was amazing. But when we were praying and we split up into groups, some of the adults with kids, and I heard that this was a trend. These kids are asking, they they need peace because they're just overwhelmed with stress. And as we're talking about it, we're kind of, I'm talking uh, to some of these kids and just listening to their their stories and just wondering what's so stressful about school. I've been there. We've all been there. You all remember being stressed out about school, about high school. Um, And just how important that was. But I'm telling you right now, I'm sitting on this stage, I could probably tell you two of my high school teachers because I don't remember any of them. I don't remember much of those days. Not because I didn't live them, not because I wasn't present, but because the things that I made the priority of my life that I gave all of my time to that would, for me, would determine who I was and who I wasn't, now have no weight any longer. And these kids are talking about how stressed and worried they are if they don't get this grade on this test. And it's like, well, will you have a bad grade in the class? No. It'll be lower. It won't be bad. It'll still be an A. I'm like, 
okay, so we're not talking about this. This is a reflection of who you believe that you are. If you do poorly in school, then you are not a good person. You are not smart enough. You are not capable. You are not adequate. That's what these kids are facing. That's what these kids are looking at. And so all of that to say is we give our time to that which at the end of the day has no value. School is important. I'm not saying don't go to school, right? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is a C or an A, just do the best that you can. And that's the end of it. Because an A is not who you are. And neither is a C, right? You guys hear what I'm saying? This is a message. This is kind of, it's very simple. But church, we are giving our time and we are allowing our children within our before our very eyes we are leading them and giving their time to that which will give them no value of life will benefit them not eternity when you get to the gates and you stand before the judge he will not say you got to be in calculus hell for you that do, he doesn't care if that's the case I'm I'm first in line cuz I didn't even make it to calculus Algebra is hard. Okay? That wasn't where I shined. But those things were not who I am. But what do we do? We devote our time to these things. Church, we have, do, you, do you realize how much, the, how much ground the church, the body of Christ, has given up to the enemy by giving our time to him? It is, it is so, it is ridiculous to me what we, the church, have given our time to. I'm guilty of this as well. What have you given your time to? We have given the enemy too much of our time and he, because he, at the end of the day, church, he does not want us together and he will bring any distraction. He will, he will make any obligation feel bigger and, and, and louder than it really is because he does not want us close but far from one another because if I am disconnected from you and you are disconnected from me, the body is not functioning. Period. The body is not functioning if we are disconnected and we cannot be, to, we cannot be connected if we are always apart. Churches are meeting less and less. Most churches now just have Sunday morning services. That's all they've got. And when you talk to them, they're like, well, what's going on with that? Like, well, people are just too busy. What? Too, and and listen, again, it's not about coming to a place, but it's about spending time with those that are operating and walking with the Spirit of God as well. But we are too busy for one another. We are giving our time to that which does not benefit the kingdom of heaven, does not benefit your life, and will not benefit your children's or their children's. Because they will not be established in the kingdom. They may have a little bit more money in their checking account, but they won't know Jesus and they won't know who they are in this world and what they're meant for. And that's the important things. Church, we cannot live this way. We have to be a part of each other's stories. Not just spectators of one another's stories. Social media has been horrible for this because it gives you this false understanding of connection when you are not connected. Just because I like somebody's post does not mean I'm connected to their story. I'm a spectator. I'm sitting in the stands clapping when something good happens and saying, oh man, when something bad happens. That, that is not what we are meant to be. We are not meant to be spectators. But unfortunately, we slide into that when we begin to be spectators with our relationship with Jesus. We have so many 
that if it weren't for their pastor, they wouldn't have a relationship with Jesus. It's a manufactured relationship from the pulpit that most people subscribe to. They use their status based on, of, of relationship with the Lord based on what the pastor's talking about that day. My relationship with him is mine. You can't have it. You have your own. And it's your job to steward. Just like my kids are my kids. They are my responsibility. No one else's. And the same goes for you. We have got to be people that pursue relationship and fellowship with Jesus if we're going to have fellowship with one another. We are not meant to be spectators of each other's stories. 1 John 1, 3 says, That also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do, and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If I don't have fellowship with the Father, if I don't have fellowship with Him first, I will never have fellowship with you. We have got to prioritize first fellowship with Jesus. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about genuine fellowship, not, not kind of what we've manufactured that you need to wake up really early in the morning, sit at your kitchen table and just read your Bible. That, if that worked, that, my dad is one of those people. That's how he has fellowship with the Lord. I am not that guy. I hate the morning. Um, I'm not in a great mood and sitting down with Jesus. We're just not going to, we're just going to get into an argument. Okay. So it's just not going to be good. My time with Jesus is when I'm in that, when I'm driving in that truck and West Texas is a great place for that because it's straight and there's not a lot of things in the way besides tumbleweeds certain time of year. You got to watch out. Other than that, you can just roll and you can zone out and you can just be with the Lord. But that's where I spend time with Jesus and when I do that, when I prioritize that, you know what is immediately benefited and what immediately grows and what immediately becomes stronger is fellowship with my family. Immediately it's better. Immediately it's deeper. And then where does that spill over to? Fellowship with you. But if I do not prioritize fellowship with the Father, Matthew 18, 20, for where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Church, our fellowship together ushers in his presence. When we pursue him and then pursue one another in fellowship, the presence of God falls in those places. Where two or more are gathered. You can be gathered. We, we oftentimes, we read that verse and where, where do we immediately think? What's the first location you think of that taking place? Right here, right? But if you're pursuing fellowship with one another, operating in obedience, walking with the Lord, and you meet in a coffee shop, guess where the presence of the Lord is? He's in the coffee shop. If you're at a football game, guess where the presence of the Lord is? He's in the stands with you. Wherever you go, wherever two or more are gathered in His name, operating in correct fellowship, because we've pursued Him, we have relationship with Him, and now we have prioritized time with one another, the presence of God is ushered into that place. Your fellowship with one another ushers in the presence of the Lord. 
And church, it is time to stop watching each other's lives and be a part of each other's lives. To live vibrantly within one another's stories. I talked about this, uh, this two, I think two years ago now, uh, but just being, being a character in the background of people's stories. And we kind of live that way. We just have like these little cameo moments in people's stories, but it's time for us to be main characters in each other's stories. You have to know what I'm going through, and I need to know what you're going through. I need to know where your heart at. I need to know what the Lord is teaching you, and you need to know those things about me. Because in that place, not only do we grow deeper, but we can lead clearly the community that the Lord has placed us in. Every one of us here has been placed in Sundown, Texas. Every one of you that is in and lives in this community that is in here, those that aren't in here, those that are listening online, it does not matter. If you are a believer in Jesus, he has called you and placed you in Sundown, Texas for such a time as this. We're going to go back to Acts 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those that were being saved. When did the fruit come? After they devoted themselves to Jesus and to one another, the fruit came. Obedience came and they operated in it together. And it it goes on to uh, uh, say in a little bit, we talked about it on Wednesday, but Uh, Just a few chapters away, the apostles had to anoint seven people. They had to get seven people to manage the finances of donations that were coming in because of a community of people that were just buying into this obedience that uh, was before them. These people that were just hearing about Jesus, they're seeing all these people selling their proceeds and giving to the needy. And what are they doing? They're just like, okay, this is what I'll do now. So much so that they were over, the apostles were overwhelmed. They didn't know how to minister. They didn't know how to preach and share the gospel and also manage all the things coming in because the obedience was in abundance. What the Lord was doing in their community was overwhelming to them because there was first pursuit of Jesus and then there was fellowship with one another. And what the Lord did was overwhelming to them. I think we oftentimes, we get into this habit of waiting on a work, for the, a work of the Lord to take place. And when it begins to take place, we settle for the littlest display of it. We're like, oh yeah, the Lord did this one thing. That would be like us saying the Lord did exactly what he said he was going to do and now he's done just because Ian was baptized. How many know this is just the beginning? This is just the beginning. That we would live in such abundance of obedience because this community is completely and totally consumed by the presence of God that we would be overwhelmed at the work of the Lord that's taking place. That we would have to figure out ways to manage it because it was becoming overwhelming and more than we could fathom and more than we could contain the obedience and lives lived to Jesus. That's what took place. And they did two things, church. 
They pursued Jesus and they pursued one another. And the city in which they dwelled in was changed forever. And we are here today because they pursued Jesus and they pursued one another. We have a church in Sundown, Texas, because this group of thousands devoted themselves to the teaching and then to fellowship. So oftentimes we get so sidetracked with the work that the Lord has called us into thinking that we've just got to be busy trying to do the thing that he's called us into. That's not it. How, how can you get busy turning, the sun, turning Sundown, Texas into the kingdom of heaven? What activity could we possibly come up with that's going to accomplish that task? Nothing. Spoiler alert. There's nothing we can do. But pursue Jesus and pursue one another. And in these places, when we do these things, the work of the Lord has the opportunity and the door is open so that he can begin to move. Not because we worked and hyper-focused on activity and trying to build what the Lord said he would build. We've got to get out of his way. We've got to pursue Jesus, pursue one another, and then everything the Lord said he would build, he will build. Because that is how you make the way for the Lord. John the Baptist, what an amazing job. He was to prepare the way. Prepare the way for the coming Messiah. And we have the same opportunity to prepare the way for the kingdom of heaven to come into sundown Texas in such a way that sundown looks more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country. We get to prepare that way for kids like Ian to inherit and to live in. We get to do this. And all the Lord needs us to do is pursue him and pursue one another. How hard is that? That's so simple. I can't tell you a single time when I've had fellowship with any one of you and I've gone home saying, I really hated that. What a miserable experience. No, it's always a pleasure. It's always a blast. It's always a wonderful time. And I end up, when I leave, I end up craving more of it. When we had fellowship at the park with the, with the, uh, the, the youth group, when we left, the attitude of all the adults was, I want, I want to do that again. I want to enjoy that time again. When we had the 88 kids here in the fellowship hall, the first thought wasn't, whew, glad that's done. It was, okay, how do we do that again? Because I want that back. I want that time together again. This is the reason that we do this on Sunday mornings because we have got to, I know that we're busy. I know that a lot of people have a lot of things going on and you just have commitments and it's not bad commitments, it's work. It's just things that you're responsible for and you've got to do. Uh, That's just the world. It's just the way that it is. But we have scheduled time where we can guarantee at least once a week we get to be together and not be together listening to me talk, but be together and hearing about each other's stories, learning about life experiences and things that we've went through. And what's profound is the similarities and the unity we end up finding when we have these conversations. And realizing, I I can relate more to this person than I could 20 minutes ago. But now this person and I are really, we're connected now. I know who this person is to an extent, and they know who I am. And when we do that, when we prioritize church, when we prioritize time together, the Lord will change the community that we dwell in. And I desire for sundown to be changed. We've got, church, we've got kids checking themselves into rehab. Kids. Little boys. They are children. 
checking themselves into rehab. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that there's those that need help are recognizing that they need help and they're doing this. But what have we allowed into our city pursuing the busyness instead of one another? What has crept in through the back door and has infected our children? Because we've been too busy. And oftentimes we're too busy doing stuff for our kids. You know what psychology says is the best thing for a kid? Dinner time at the table with their family. That that, if, if that one thing is done, that child's life statistically and drastically changes. The potential for a positive and wonderful future increases exponentially because they sat down and they had dinner with their family. You know what I'm guilty of? Being too busy for that. Thinking that I've got till 8 o'clock to finish everything I've got to go and do instead of 5 o'clock. Right? We do this all the time. But we do this. And so where did that start with me? It starts in my relationship with the Lord. I'm giving him the bare minimum. So guess what my family's getting? Bare minimum. And then what will you get? The bare minimum. That is not the life that we are meant for. The community that we live in is to know who we belong to and to want to be a part of this kingdom because of the relationships that we have with one another. And then what happens? Miracles break out. Signs and wonders break out. But oftentimes, what are we trying to get people involved with? We're trying to get them involved with signs and wonders. That won't happen until you pursue one another. It comes after. There's a reason that it's listed in the order that it's listed in. And this is the first church. And this is to be a reflection of who we are. That we would devote ourselves to the apostles' teachings, to the scriptures, to the word of God, to relationship with Jesus. And then we would pursue and devote ourselves to fellowship with one another, to the breaking of bread together, to praying together, to being with one another. And from that place, signs and wonders. From that place, obedience that exists in such abundance that we become overwhelmed at the breakout of the Holy Spirit. That happens when we prioritize Him and one another. Can we begin to do that? That's not a hard thing to do, church. If, the, if you are too busy for time with one another, figure out, I'm doing this. Sarah and I are doing this. If I, if I am too busy right now to spend time and to have fellowship with my brothers and sisters, with my wife, with my family, I'm going to figure out things and they're going away. They're just not going to get done anymore. I'm not doing it. And it's amazing how many of those things in this last week when I've been doing this really don't matter that much. I don't miss them. And I don't need them. They didn't make my life any richer. It was just something I thought I had to do. Can we be these people church? The Acts church. Can we be those that devote, devote ourselves to Jesus and to one another? Scripture promises us a result that will drastically change the place we live in if we can do those two things. And again, last time I checked, hanging out with you is not the hardest thing to do. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.